Welcome to worship this morning. Um, if you have candles at home, I am going to invite you to uh, light your candle. And we do this to be reminded of Christ's presence among us as we gather here this day. I also remind you that uh, today is World Communion Sunday, and so um, I also invite you to have bread and cup nearby so that uh, when the time comes, you will be ready to uh, participate in um, communion. I got to get the right order of worship so I know what I'm doing this morning. Um, you see, we have a fewer people this morning, and so Anne is not here, and Kobe is not here, and the band is not here, and I feel abandoned. What? Oh, good. There are people out there. Uh, but um, so, so we've got a scaled down music this morning for our worship. Uh, thanks to uh, Debbie and Cindy. Um, we will have um, hymns this morning, and so um, I just want to remind you of that. But be sure to get bread and cups so that you'll be ready. Uh, again, today is World Communion Sunday, and so we will be celebrating communion with other Christians throughout the world this day, and so I thought that was important for us to do. Uh, the other thing I need to, uh, to make us aware of is uh, next week we had planned to do an all-church um, gathering and to do um, a tailgate party with the Chiefs game. Well, we don't even know if the Chiefs are going to play now. And in light of everything that's going on um, in the NFL and in Cameron and in other places, we think it might be wise if we just not encourage a gathering of folks, even with it being outside. And so we're going to postpone that. Uh, is that okay? Folks here are nodding their heads. Um, I hate to postpone things, but I also um, hate to do something just because it's on the schedule when you look around and think it's not the right thing to do, right? Okay? So that's what we're going to do. We'll reschedule that, I think. It may be 2020 or 2022, but we'll reschedule it. Um, we got to laugh, right? But regardless... Regardless of what might be going on um, in Washington, D.C., or in the NFL, or uh, in our country, or in Cameron, we are going to gather every Sunday to worship God. Uh, whether it is in person, or whether it is via the internet, we will continue to gather because it is more important than ever that we focus on God's presence, that we seek to experience that presence, and we seek to listen to the Holy Spirit so that we might be God's hands and feet, so that we truly might share His love and His grace with the world, and so that we might indeed make a difference in the world. And so we will continue both to gather in person and online for worship every Sunday at 10 a.m. So uh, that you can count on. Um, even if I have to do it from my office desk or my home, at home, we will gather for worship. Um, and so let us this morning um, focus our attention on God and God's presence among us. And so I invite you to be in an attitude of prayer um, and just uh, I'm going to offer up a prayer and then uh, we are going to offer up the Lord's Prayer.
Gracious God, as we, as we gather in this space, as we gather together uh, via live worship on the internet, we know that your spirit is among us. We know that your spirit speaks to us. And so as we gather, we just ask that your spirit would help us to bring Christ presence into focus, not just in this hour, but in our day-to-day lives. May your Spirit enable us to allow Christ to live in us and through us so that we might make a difference in the midst of the chaos that we see in this world. Be with us on this day. Open up our minds and our our hearts that we might hear your word, that we might experience the presence of your spirit, and that we might respond in bold ways to be your witnesses in our community and throughout the world. And indeed, by that same Holy Spirit, be upon us as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, uh, not just with the words of our lips, but may they be uh, the very um, thoughts and hopes of our hearts. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now we're going to join our voices as we sing Holy Spirit, Truth Divine. We're going to sing three verses of that. I should have said that uh, Kobe continues to make good progress, um, and um, he's getting stronger each day. He should be back next week, I think, and so 
Um, we will look forward to that. Nobody else in the family has come down with COVID, and so we celebrate that. And to the best of my knowledge, uh, nobody else in the, in the church that was in um, his uh, circle has come down with COVID either. And so, uh, again, I see that as confirmation that um, wearing these things and staying six feet apart is a good thing. Um, and so we, uh, we continue to lift them up in prayer uh, this week. And so, uh, Kobe, make sure you shout out to everybody um, online and um, tell them, to, tell them to, to speak up back to you, okay? Um, hopefully he's online today. We're going to continue in the book of Acts. And um, we find ourselves at this section in Acts in chapter 17 and, or in 18 and 19. And I got to tell you the truth is I read this, this passage from, um, I think it's 18, verse 24 to 19, about verse uh, 20. I, I really thought about uh, skipping this portion of Acts. Um, but the more I read it this week, the, uh, the more I decided, well, I think um, it is important for us to hear uh, this uh, message. Because it, it really is kind of a transition. Uh, Paul has been in Corinth. And uh, we're told that he leaves Corinth with uh, Priscilla and Aquila, and they go to Ephesus. And Paul leaves uh, Priscilla and Aquila in Ephesus, and then um, he decides that he's going to go to Caesarea and Jerusalem and Antioch, and then um, he's going to come back through Galatia. And so who knows how long this trip was, but he leaves Priscilla and Aquila. And in chapter 18, we pick up this story uh, of this person by the name of Apollos who shows up in Ephesus, and we're told that uh, Apollo is a, an eloquent person. He really understands the Old Testament. He's really good at persuading and arguing and, and convincing uh, the Jewish folks in the synagogue that, that Jesus is the Messiah that they've been uh, waiting for. It, it says that he is um, inspired by the Spirit, and yet it also says that as Priscilla and Aquila hear him, uh, that, they, uh, that they discern that uh, there is a part of the message of the way of Christ that he doesn't quite have right. And it doesn't tell us exactly what that is, but it says that they instruct him and come alongside him and, and help him. And uh, he continues in this ministry and, in fact, is sent off to Corinth. And then uh, we're going to pick up the story in chapter 19 as um, I'm going to read uh, 19 verses 1 through 7. Uh, uh, Paul is now returning to Ephesus, and, and here is how uh, Luke writes the story. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took a route through the interior and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. And he asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became a believer? And they replied, We're not, We've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, well, what baptism did you receive then? And they answered, John's baptism. And Paul explains, John baptized with the baptism by which people showed they were changing their hearts and their lives, that is, that they were repenting. And it was a baptism that told people about the one who was coming after him. This is the one whom they were to believe. And that one is Jesus. 
After they listened to Paul, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they began speaking in other languages and prophesying. Altogether, there were about twelve. Everyone with ears to hear, hear the word of God this day and respond. Now, one of the, I have to admit, one of the reasons I thought about skipping this passage of Scripture is this is an often used Scripture by different denominations to make the claim of what it means to be a Christian and, um, and also is used about whether or not uh, you need to be baptized by the Holy Spirit separate from your baptism and, and, and all of this. And, and yet, if we read the whole book of Acts, we see that the Holy Spirit, which is really what the book is about, this movement of the Holy Spirit, what we really see in the book of Acts is that the Holy Spirit cannot be controlled, that the Holy Spirit cannot be manipulated by human beings. And so sometimes we see that people are baptized and they receive the Spirit. Sometimes, like in the case of Cornelius, we see Cornelius receives the Holy Spirit before he is baptized, before his whole family is baptized. And other times we see uh, things like we read here where it seems like there are people who are followers of Jesus, or at least know something about Jesus, and yet there seems to be a concern about whether or not they have received the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't really want to get into those debates about what that means, but I do think as we read Acts, as we hear this passage, the one thing that, is, that we must see, I think, is the importance of the Holy Spirit that is emphasized by Luke in the book of Acts. We saw something like this similar in chapter 8, where Peter and John go uh, to um, Samaria to check and to see on, on the new followers there. And one of the things they were worried about is, have they received the Holy Spirit? Now, I don't think Paul was in a habit of just walking up to people who said they were followers of Jesus and saying, well, but do you have the Spirit or not? Um, I don't think every time he came upon a believer uh, that he asked them, do you have the Holy Spirit? And so I think there must have been something in his interaction with this 12 that made him think that maybe they had not received the Holy Spirit, that they didn't know about the Holy Spirit. Maybe it had to do with um, whether or not they showed the characteristics of the fruits of the Spirit. I don't know, but there was something in this interaction that caused Paul to ask them, have you received the Holy Spirit? And their response seems um, amazing. To, I mean, they say we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. At least that's how it's translated. Now, uh, most folks find it hard to believe that they had never even heard of the Holy Spirit because the Spirit is even talked about in the Old Testament. And so probably what they mean is they were not aware of this idea that the presence of the Spirit had been manifest and poured out and was offered to all people. They probably suspected, like what we often see in the Old Testament, where the Spirit comes upon a prophet and, and empowers and emboldens that prophet to speak the Word of God. And it seems to be a temporary thing or at least something that is just for a select few. But it seems to be clear in Acts that the expectations of the followers of Jesus is that everyone will experience the presence 
of the Holy Spirit. In this whole section from 1824 until, until uh, verse 20 in 19, after this passage, there's, this, uh, there's another scene of, of uh, individuals who, who see Paul is laying his hands on people and saying, in the name of Jesus, you are healed. And they see Paul doing that. And so they think maybe we'll just imitate Paul. We've heard about this Jesus. We'll just say, in the name of Jesus, you are healed. And they are not successful. And in fact, when they try to cast out a demon, the demon looks at them and says, I know who Jesus is. And I know who Paul is. But who the heck do you think you are? Uh, and the demons chase them away. And I think the whole point of this section is to point out um, the importance of the Spirit and the importance of truly knowing Christ. I think the whole point of this section, especially you've got to remember this is early in the church when folks are trying to discern uh, the difference between Judaism and, and other religions and uh, really following Jesus is a new thing. They're trying to discern what that means and what that looks like. And in essence, I think Luke is trying to emphasize those things that can be missing if we're not, if we don't pay attention. As we read these passages, I think uh, that we will note that, you know, there is something more than just um, knowing about the Old Testament and the promises of the Messiah. There is something more than just knowing about Jesus. There seems to be even something uh, more than just having right knowledge of Jesus and the Messiah. It even seems that there is more than simply repenting and having our sins forgiven. Because John's baptism, which is spoken about here, was a baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sins. It was a baptism where, where folks were uh, challenged to turn away from what they were following and instead turn and follow Jesus. It was a baptism in which uh, they were invited to have their sins washed away so that they might walk afresh and anew in the direction of God. And yet there seems to be more to the baptism that Jesus offered. More to following Jesus than just repenting and forgiveness. And that more has something to do with the Holy Spirit. It has something to do with this third person of the Trinity that so often, even today, we don't talk much about. And it has, uh, more to, it has something more to do with just knowing about the Holy Spirit. It has to do with receiving and experiencing that Spirit. That Spirit which not only um, helps us to keep turning toward God, which not only helps us to experience and to lay claim to the forgiveness that we have been promised through Christ, but a Spirit that also enables us to truly live and love like Jesus. A spirit that enables us to be transformed and continue to be shaped in the image of Christ so that we look more and more like Christ each and every day. We're not asked to do that in our own power, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. And also, if we look at the letters of Paul, we also begin to realize that the Spirit 
is also given to help unify the church, that the Spirit is also given to enable and to empower um, all of the followers of Jesus to discover their gifts and their talents and to put them to use in building up the body and in being witnesses to Jesus in the community and in the world. And so uh, Paul and the apostles were very concerned to be sure that the early Christians understood that when uh, Jesus uh, died and rose and ascended into heaven, He did not leave us here alone, but He um, imparted and poured out the Spirit upon all of those who would receive it. So that we might not only know about Jesus, but so that we might have a personal relationship with Jesus so that Christ might be in us and we might live in Christ. So that we might be God's hands and feet in the world and for the world for God's purposes. They were worried that if people did not understand and did not seek to open themselves to the Holy Spirit, that they would be unable not only to experience the living presence of God in their day-to-day lives, but they would not be fully equipped to serve the kingdom of God and to participate in that kingdom being spread throughout their communities and throughout the world. And so for us today, I think as we hear this passage, as we read this section, um, I think it challenges us today to ask us how... How is our life in the Spirit? How are we experiencing the presence of the Spirit? Do we we really lay claim? Do we really open our... Are we really aware of the Spirit that we received in our baptism? Or have we so uh, hindered the Spirit that we find ourselves trying to live in our own power to be like Jesus, rather than listening to the Holy Spirit, allowing the Spirit to shape us and form us and guide us. How is our life today in the Spirit? How do we experience that Spirit? And how do we allow that Spirit to empower us to be the people of God? And so I think as we hear this passage today, we are challenged to ask ourselves, are we missing the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives this day? Do we need to not only be aware and know about Jesus, but do we need to open ourselves up to the Spirit that Jesus sent the powerful Spirit that came on that first Pentecost that so filled and overwhelmed the disciples uh, that they saw the world differently, that they experienced Jesus differently, that they could not contain their excitement and the love that they had experienced, and it just overflowed from them because the Spirit continued to refresh them and to fill them 
and to embrace them with the love of God and the love of Jesus. May we this day ask ourselves, how is our life in the Spirit? Are we paying attention? Are we listening? Are we allowing that Spirit to guide us and to lead us and to send us forth boldly into our community and the world? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, indeed as we gather in spaces today, may, may you make the presence of your Spirit upon us in such a way that we will know that we have been touched. Will you pour out your Spirit upon us that we might feel Christ's presence in new ways, especially on this day as we uh, prepare our hearts to participate in Holy Communion. May you pour out your Spirit upon us that as we participate in this sacrament, that we might not just go through a ritual, but that we might participate in expectation that we will experience the great mystery of the Holy Spirit in ways that go beyond the comprehension of our minds, in ways that touch us in the depths of our being so that we too experience your compassion and are emboldened to share it. In Christ's name, amen. Now I invite you to join me in the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Indeed, it is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You have made from every, you have made from every nation and people you have made us to live on the face of the earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, 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 Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Indeed, holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church. You delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and you made with us a new covenant by water and by spirit. He commissioned us to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth and to make disciples of all nations, and today, uh, his family, the way the followers of Jesus in all the world are joining together at a holy table, seeking holy communion with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so, let us be reminded in the, on the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat, this is my body broken for you. 
do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink. And so it is in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ that we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the great mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Indeed, gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon those gathered here. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon those gathered through the internet as part of this worship service. And pour out your Holy Spirit upon not just the gift of bread and cup that are sitting here on this table, but the gift of bread and cup uh, that each person has in their small community. Pour out your Spirit upon it, Lord, that, uh, that it might be um, your body and your blood so that we might be your body wherever we find ourselves, redeemed by your blood, filled with your Holy Spirit, attuned to your Spirit, emboldened by your Spirit, strengthened by your Spirit to share the love and the compassion that we have experienced. Indeed, make us one with Christ, one as a body that we may be for the world the body of Christ. Renew our commitment with your church throughout the world and strengthen it in every nation among every people to witness faithfully to your name. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ shall come in final victory and we will feast at that heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory be yours, Almighty God, now and forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And now I invite you, if, uh, if you're sitting at home uh, amidst um, other folks, um, I invite you to uh, take turns serving each other uh, the bread and the cup. And I invite you as you do that, that you do so. I invite you here also to do that. But I invite us as we do this, to do this in expectation that by the power of the Holy Spirit, Christ's presence is made ever so much stronger in our lives and we become ever so much more aware of Christ and His presence with us. Take and eat. Receive the Spirit and the body of Christ. Receive this prayer and this blessing. Gracious God, grant that in the partaking of the bread and the cup, in partaking of this wonderful mystery, that we might experience your spirit, that we might experience Christ's presence afresh and anew, that we might be emboldened to go forth into our community and into the world to share your love with others. In Christ's name, amen.
And now I invite us to join our voices together as we sing Spirit of the Living God. Indeed, may we experience the presence of the Spirit this day. May we allow that Spirit to fill us, to shape us, and to send us forth to be Jesus' hands and feet. To send us forth to live and to love like Jesus so that we might truly make a difference in the lives of other people. Go in the name of the Father and of the Son and in the power of the Holy Spirit to be God's people this day and every day. Amen.